In the 1800s, as a four-year-old, Frederick Lehman immigrated to the States with his parents from Germany. And they settled in Iowa, where he grew up as a farm boy. And in his adult years, he got into business, found himself in California, and then the business wasn't going so well. And Frederick Lehman now finds himself in Pasadena, California, packing lemons and oranges. I wonder if his name taunted him during those days. Yeah, Frederick Lemon. Here we go, Lemon. I don't know. When life hands you lemons, make lemonade, right? But he loved the Lord, and he went to church on a Sunday night and heard a sermon on the love of God that so revolutionized him he could hardly sleep. The next day at work, he began to write phrases on scraps of paper and crates and cardboard, the boxes he was writing on, and a song began to be born. And the chorus was, O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels' song. And as he began to work on verses, he went home on his old piano, began to work out the melody, and wrote an amazing melody. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. That's Adam and Eve. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. That's the gospel. I love that. The second verse. When hoary time, that's ancient time, shall pass away, and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who here refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels' song. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels' song. He needed a third verse. In that day and time, the early 1900s, a song wasn't considered a, a complete song for church unless it had three verses. Now it seems traditional churches don't want to sing all the verses in a hymn. They'll sing the first and third verse. I, I'm pushing for to be whole hymn churches, amen? But also nowadays, a song doesn't even have to have one verse. Somebody said a song can only have three words and it's considered a song now. So he needed a third verse and he just couldn't come up with it. And then he remembered he had a poem written on a bookmark that had come from the walls of a prison or a mental hospital where someone had died and the painters came in and we're going to paint the wall and saw this amazing poem. And they copied it down before they painted the wall. And here's the words. It was discovered later to be a rabbi's poem written originally in Hebrew. And uh, maybe the prisoner was the one that had translated it. We don't know. It's an amazing verse. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, 
and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Let's sing it. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song. So it's our song because his love is experienced. And the angels, I don't know that they sing, but they marvel at our song because we sing the song of the redeemed, something they kind of look at from without, and yet they serve God's redemptive purposes. 